Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Michigan Avenue Media and the World of Ink Network. This podcast was founded in 2011 by Marsha Casper Cook and Virginia Grenier. Their focus has always been on helping writers reach their dreams by having informative and entertaining shows. You will also hear the latest information on what's new and exciting in the publishing and marketing industry. And the shows will also cover discussions on screenwriting, audiobooks and movies. New to the shows will be the latest style and trends in fashion, as well as nutrition and how Pinterest can add just the right spark of attention you may need for your projects. So, sit back and relax and enjoy the show. You can find out more information about our shows and being a guest at www.michiganavenuemedia.com. Hi, everybody. It's Marsha. And guess what? I played the wrong song. That was the old one. So what can I say? So we'll start off with the old song. Anyway, I have a new one. I have a new promo, but um, that was the old one. Anyway, so we have a great show today. As always, Elizabeth Black, Trish Wilson, whoever you want to be today, Elizabeth. Well, I'm going to call I'm Trish today. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're Trish today? Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. And we're going to <laughs> we have Brent Monaghan. And we're going to have a great show, and it will be a lot of fun. So as Elizabeth always introduces me to great writers. So I will let um, Elizabeth talk for a few minutes, and then we're going to hear everything about Brent, because it's going to be very interesting. We were talking before the show, and he's done a lot of things. And so we're going to have a really fun show today. He said he has a sense of humor, so I think he's come to the right place. There you go. Mm-hmm. Okay, Elizabeth, I'm so happy to have you okay. on again. It's been a while. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm Trish Wilson. I also go as my pen name, Elizabeth Black. I'm a writer as well as the media director for the horror zine. I, I write mostly horror, but I've also written romance, erotica, fantasy, comedy, and I'm working on my first mystery. I've also interviewed well-known writers for the horror zine, including Ramsey Campbell, Josh Mallerman, Kathy Koja, and Brent Monaghan. And speaking of which, okay, Brent Monaghan is the author of half a dozen novels, including An American Haunting, which is about the Bell Witch in Tennessee, and Nevermore, which is about uh, Detective Alan Pinkerton investigating the death of Edgar Allan Poe. And he also wrote dialogue for the daytime TV shows One Life to Live and All My Children. So he's, he's got quite a resume behind him. Yes, he and, does. Uh, so welcome, Brent. I'm glad you're here. Well, okay, Brent, I'm very tell happy. Everybody who you are. I'm very happy to be on the show. Great. And today I am feeling particularly ept, ain, combobulated, and tressed. Okay. <laughs> that would be that would be most people in the world now. Pretty stressed. Uh-huh. But... Yeah. Not yeah, distressed. Yeah. I'm stressed. I'm in a good mood. Are you in a good mood? <clears throat> okay, well, then that's good. Okay, so if you're in a good mood, let's start with talking about some of the things that you want to talk about, but uh, you have done a lot of things. So uh, do you have a favorite that you, I mean, because you've done so many different genres and, you know, you also wrote for soap operas, it's, it's all, writing is about the same. You know, a writer writes, and whatever turns out, you know, sometimes you could be starting a story and then you put humor in it, which I, you know, I think is a good thing. I think it's a hard thing to do also for people. They don't maybe understand that that could, when I first started out, I didn't realize I could do that. 
I thought if I'm writing a drama or I'm writing something, it shouldn't be, you know, anything that would, there was laughter. But I think laughter works in everything a lot of times. So tell us about some of the things that you would like to tell some of these writers. Because we have, a, you asked me, you know, what we have here. And we have a lot of people that are new writers, seasoned writers, but they do get advice. You know, I listen to my own shows while I'm I'm taking notes all the time because I always learn something. And you have a lot of topics right. that you want to talk about. So um, that, what I'm thinking is, you know, after writing all of these books, what would your advice be for, because we have a lot, uh, one problem that, that we have that I've noticed is a lot of people are giving up writing they just start and then they just get afraid or they don't get the right reviews or they don't get the right story how do you feel about that yeah i remember oh this was 20 years ago so it's probably not accurate in the numbers uh i think it was publishers weekly or writers digest somebody had written that um in our population which is now about 330 million at least 10 million people think that they have a book in them that's, you know, so unique that uh, it would sell. And of the 10 million, um, a million sit down and actually do it. And then um, they, they make a first effort. They don't know how to go about getting an agent or getting an editor to read it. And, uh, so uh, the, with the agency gatekeeping, uh, there's about 100,000 uh, pieces of work that have to go past what is now a shrinking um, uh, enterprise on a large level. It's down to five conglomerates. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, they their editors are, are overworked with... Uh, the mergers and acquisitions, they rely on the agents. So about 100,000 manuscripts will come in to be vetted and then pushed forward. And at any point, your readers or your writers uh, may be uh, frustrated by not knowing how to go about anything um, in the current uh, stream of how it's done. Of course, it's been all changed with self-publishing and indie publishers going crazy, uh, small presses trying to fill in niches. Um, So it's a complicated complicated, uh, process. The frustrating thing is that last time I saw a poll, a person who put out their own book, which sometimes is called a vanity publication, will sell an average of 168 copies, period. That's it. So if they think they're going to make any money and they're putting a lot of time in and effort and maybe their own advertising and marketing dollars, they're going to be frustrated. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's true. That's the way it goes. Right. And on the other hand, one of the good things is is that a lot of work that never would have been put out is out because of indie authors, <laughs> and people are getting a, a shot. Where before, if you didn't have an agent or you know some help, 
you are not getting anywhere. But that doesn't mean that they can just throw out anything. If you get an editor, you know, have someone do a good, you know, somebody who's graphically competent to do a cover, and, you know, and then you have marketing people, you have a chance if the story is good. You do have a chance, but the most important thing I will say today is no one will buy a book that they don't know exists. The hardest part of this is alerting the general public to the existence of a book. And it can be very vague and very capricious. I just read in um, the Week magazine about a, I think he was a lawyer who had been working for a decade on a book about a serial killer, and he did this every spare moment, and he finally retired, and he went through the whole process, and nobody was buying the book. And his daughter went on to some public thing like Twitter and uh, pleaded the case of her father and said, uh, it's a really good book, and he should get more attention. And wouldn't you know, uh, Stephen King and Dean Koontz and a couple of other people uh, came to his rescue, and wow. within a week, wow. he was the number one bestseller Wow! just by this strange, vague path. Mm-hmm. But how many people get to do that? How many people get Not on many. Oprah's list? <laughs> right. right. Yeah. How many right. people get noticed yeah. by Stephen King? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and that's the thing. If you get if you get a shot at that, and then you can't see because the there are books out there that are good, but you do need it's that marketing. And even if you do your own marketing, and I have people that are helping doing marketing, it's still hard. I mean, because Amazon does have one thing that I don't like with all the rate the ratings are okay, but when they start with the numbers, it's just, you know. Writing the reviews, that's fine. But when they start having all the numbers, you know, like your number 580,000 or whatever. You yeah, know, that turns um, people away. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's sad. And that is really tough because I look at some of these numbers and I'm going like, how did they get there? I don't even know, you know, because it's not easy to get there. But, you know, and they are there. And that is a trigger because some people will not look at anybody's book unless it's in the top 100. And that's not... And, and, uh, you know, in the old days, um, serendipity had a lot to do with it. You had a neighborhood bookstore. You'd wander in. You'd say, ah, you know, the summer's coming. I'm going to the beach. I want to have something to read. And you'd look at the shelves and you'd read the comments on on the flaps. And you might buy the book. But now, where the hell do you go with Amazon uh, for serendipity? Yeah. You don't. Yeah. yeah, you can't. You have to know what you're looking for when you go to Amazon. Yeah, another right. problem is and that then, uh, a lot of the bookstores have closed down, a lot of the indie yeah. bookstores. So it's getting harder right. to uh, you know, to find the kind of books that you'd like to read. And many of the bookshelves don't even have a horror section. They stick the horror books in with thriller or with drama, so they're kind of spread right. out all over the <clears throat> yeah. yeah. to find them. Well, and horror, one of the worst things is, uh, I would like to... I want you to, I uh, want to read that little quote. You have a quote. Uh, Brent, yes, a quote I'd like to read a quote help people from... Understand. Right. A quote from a gentleman who 
um, a, a lot of us, <clears throat> even though I have made a lot of money, we do this as an avocation because you can't yeah. be sure uh, week by week what kind of money is coming in. He was a right. Washington lawyer, I believe, a patent lawyer. Douglas Winter, he became a uh, a member of the inner circle of the Horror Writers of America. And um, he came out with this quotation, which is absolutely correct. Horror is not a genre like the mystery or science fiction or the Western. It's not a kind of fiction meant to be confined to the ghetto of a, a special shelf in libraries or bookstores. Horror is an emotion. So horror can happen. Uh, that's why it can be distributed. Um, mm-hmm. a, a case in point is my uh, book, Escaping Berlin, which came out in December. Now, most um, women won't read war stories and they won't read, quote, horror stories. But the funny thing is when I'd go up to them and I'd say, um, so do you read horror? No, I never read horror. Have you read Stephen King? Oh, yeah. I read him. Well, isn't he a horror writer? Oh, well, he's mainstream. (laughs) So it's strange. But my Escaping Berlin is about the horror of war and a man who's wounded. He's a drafty and and he's a German soldier. He's wounded on the Eastern Front. He's brought back to Berlin to be put back together. And by that time, they shut Berlin down they needed people for uh, the defense of the, the final days of the Reich, and he's desperate to get out, and uh, bombs are falling from above, um, people are starving, um, they're informing on each other, uh, women are having babies and smashing them against a wall because they don't want to uh, feed them or they can't feed them. This mm. is horror. What we see in the Ukraine is horror. Uh, So, I mean, it's part and parcel of life. Yeah, yeah. But people don't realize sometimes that's one of the problems is because once you start putting books like what they've done for years in genres, and if on Amazon you get in the wrong genre, then you will not be seen. And that's the hard part for Mm -hmm. people. So they're missing so many books because of the genre pick that and Amazon sometimes they put their own little turn on it and I'll look at even one of my books and I'll go why is that one of the keywords that they put in you know to yeah. find and it has nothing to do with my story so I think yeah mine has a strong um, romance element to it. The guy, it really is a story about an obsession I've had for a long time, the question of, is it ever defensible to sacrifice your morality for survival? And while the man is desperate to get himself out of Berlin, he keeps getting saddled with loved ones and other people uh, that also need to get out and need help. And so... Uh, he finds by uh, chance one of the last Jewish people trapped there. There were 1,431 Jews 
in the city of Berlin when it was liberated after the war. So they were still mm-hmm. hiding in there. And uh, one was this girl that he had fallen in love with. So it's a strong romance. But, you know, uh, Amazon doesn't want to know that. Yeah. Yeah, I, that, that's true, you know, because, and I do, you know, uh, well, the Holocaust and things of that nature were not, I wrote a, a memoir of a Holocaust survivor, but I think now at least they're teaching it in schools and they're, you know, and if they, this is a subject that is very popular now, which is what goes into school, what goes out of the school and what's being taken mm-hmm. out, you know, of schools and all of the history that got us to this place, if we erase everything, then what will anybody beyond our years think about anything that happened? They won't it's like know. like Fahrenheit 451, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The novel, Bradbury's novel, right. Fahrenheit all, all 451. Things, right. All the things you never thought would happen are happening now. And you know, I love the quote, every burned book enlightens the world. Yeah. You know, at least there, even if if the book is wrong, you discuss it. There's there's nothing so dangerous that you can't discuss the topic. Right. That's true. And if you don't discuss it, it becomes worse sometimes because you're not getting to what really is happening. You can't hide everything. You know, we have to know all the things that happened before so we can go on. And we're going now, I mean, you know, not to get political, but we're going back, I think, you know, a lot of places where we shouldn't be going back. We should be going forward, you know. And you wanted to talk about, you have a book about what's going on in schools. Did you want to talk about that? Oh, I did. Yeah, I, I got so frustrated over the years with the um, proliferation of military guns in the hands of ordinary citizens that I wrote a novel called The Stout Stick and what happens in the thing, not to ruin it, uh, is that the choke point uh, of of all of this is that the NRA realizes there's only, what is it, 454 senators and, and representatives that need, you just need to control a majority of that number. So yeah. not even 300 people in the United States, uh, and they're paying them all off and paying for their their campaigns and so forth. Yeah. And uh, no matter what the population is saying, I mean, 60% of people who are NRA members say that these guns should be, yeah. uh, you know, strictly regulated. But... Uh, in my novel, out of frustration, a group of people start killing uh, these senators and representatives. Wow. Hmm. You know, it's it's almost it's a, like yeah. um, it's it, it's like who who said that? Um, oh, it was the I think it was the mayor of Philadelphia. He said. Uh, a a conservative is a liberal who hasn't been mugged yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've heard that one before. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think so what's happening now. That is novel, that Nash- novel is a novel of frustration. 
Mm-hmm. Like Nashville's taking an interest now of more than it's done. And I, I before we came on the show, uh, there was Nashville. They're protesting about these, you know, about guns and everything. There's a lot going on mm-hmm. now, and you know, it, because right now it concerns the schools because when you send your child off to school, you don't know what could happen. And there are a lot of lockdowns that you don't even hear about. I mean, there was one in Highland Park the other day, and I, my friend called me and said, did you hear? And I go, no, I didn't. And then there was, but I guess they didn't find the gun. But it just seems to me there are some things that schools could do because the Holocaust Museum, before you walk in there, they check everything. I mean, one time I was, like, taking off my belt, my necklace, everything, but you go, you have to get checked. Why? I don't know why they just can't do it at schools so we can have some sort of, of knowledge if somebody is coming into a school with a gun. <clears throat> but it doesn't whole, seem to be anything that's ever up is for a, a The whole thing is a purposeful misunderstanding of the Second Amendment. That was mm-hmm. before... Uh, the Army and Air Force and Navy, it starts out a well-regulated militia being necessary. That's when farmers and silversmiths picked up their guns and defended the country. That's, that has nothing to do with now. Uh, but, yeah. they're, but they're standing yeah. behind us. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I don't uh, want to get so into much, that politics so, either. I already right, wrote my right, book. No, right. Right. All right. So that's a that's a good book. Would you want to say the title again so people can check that out? Yes, Stout Stick. Yep. And and okay. the the reason I call it that is is one of my favorite stories. Farmer Smith comes upon Farmer Jones, who is standing in the middle of a stream with his mule, and Smith says, "What's up, Jones?" And he says, "Oh, my darned mule." He's decided to stop moving right in the middle of this stream. And Smith says, have you tried a carrot? He says, I've tried waiting. I've tried pushing, pulling, giving him a carrot. He won't move. And Smith says, have you tried to reason with him? And Jones says, you, you reason with my mule. So Smith walks over to the bank, picks up a stout stick, walks up to the mule and smacks it between the eyes. The mule is so stunned, it's docile, and he takes, he walks it out to the other side of the stream. And uh, Farmer Jones says, well, thank you, but I thought you said you were going to reason with it. He said, I'll reason with it now. First, I had to get its attention. And so that's what the novel's about, getting the attention of, of the Senate and the representatives. Yeah. Where it really hurts. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think right now it's so up. Everything is just so different in the last, you know, with COVID, everything, you know, and you were talking yeah. about bookstores. One of the things that I feel is that when people go into a bookstore now, they put only the new books out, most of them. But I wonder, mm-hmm. I don't see what is wrong with reading a book that's five years, 10 years, 20 years old. The store, if the story is good, but that is what happens. So people that are writing books, if they don't get uh, attention really quick, then they go, oh, forget it. But that's really not true because it could be a good story that they're just missing. And so Yeah, I I'm very frustrated here. I live in a 55-plus in a community, uh, which is <clears throat> like, you know, an active retirement community. 
And the people in charge of the library uh, take out any book uh, that's older than five years. And uh, I, I've been, I think yes. that's insane. It is. I, you know, insane. I said to one of them, I said, <laughs> so you're telling me that To Kill a Mockingbird uh, yeah. is, is no longer valid? Is that what you're saying? The Great Gatsby that's, that's, is no longer valid? Yeah, unbelievable. That's bad. Well, it's really we also have we also have sensitivity readers now that are changing the books because of uh, some people might be offended and that bothers me a lot. I mean, I could see putting a disclaimer that, at the beginning of the book because it, yeah. you know, it, it, a product of its time, you want to keep the, the original language. And I think uh, Roald Dahl was one of the authors that uh, is getting some sensitivity reading done, and I think uh, Gone with the Wind also. The same kind of thing is happening. Yeah, I but just that book, gone with the wind. Yeah, I just don't get it. I really, you know, and if you look at the old movies from the past, the really old, I mean, I'm, I'm, I love a lot of the old movies. I've said this many Joan Crawford, she's like my idol. I love her. But mm-hmm. in those years, if you look at the, a lot of the writers and, and producers, they're women in those years. You know, there's a lot yeah, of females exactly. at that time. Yeah, and and so now you know they, they're saying it's like it, you know it, whoever producing it, directing it, it shouldn't be man, woman, race, whatever it is. Just it should be a good movie. It should be a good book. I think that's what's happening, and people are missing out on so much entertainment because they're just labeling everything. And and um, the nature the nature of the of Hollywood. <clears throat> is that they're all like pimps and whores, excuse me. Um, they're, they're afraid to do anything new, um, and they steal yeah. from each other. And yep. uh, and then you'll see the, the seventh version of The Great Gatsby or the seventh <laughs> version of Three Musketeers. When there's yeah. plenty of, of new stuff out there, oh my God. they just won't yeah. read. They yep, want to yep. protect themselves. That's why they. That's why they um, uh, hire these stars and pay them so much money, so they yep. can blame somebody uh, when the movie doesn't make it. The the real right. problem with the movie is, it's not telling a story that's good. Yeah, well, that is Many a, times. a big problem. And the good thing is, though, that Netflix and all of these new, uh, you know, you know, Hulu. I think now the population. Is it's older, so now there are a lot of movies with stars that we're probably going to never have any more movies again. And now because they're doing their own and people are putting in series, you're getting a lot of stars now that are interested. Like when I was in age, they would go like, oh, big screen or small screen? Small screen, oh, forget, we don't want small screen. You know, we only oh, want the big screen. More. Not anymore. I mean, you got anymore, a lot of the right. actors are moving to TV now. Now you right. two you know are, are, yeah. are breaking, are breaking the, the, the golden rule talking about <laughs> movies instead of writing. I know. <laughs> well... <laughs> You know, we you know, are children, funny. children of a of a movie age, and I always write cinematically. I think yeah, I do of, too. of I my do. stories yeah. as movies. I do too, but I write screenplays. Oh, yeah. I do yeah. write screenplays, and so I write scenes. So I write scenes when I'm when I mm-hmm. like. Let's say I'm sitting there watching TV, and all of a sudden I have a thought, 
which is a good thing. So then I'll just put down like a sentence and then I start writing like a dialogue of what I'm thinking. So when I go to put it on, you know, on the computer, I have a scene that will go into a chapter, but I already know what my thoughts and my, what you know, the dialogue I'm writing. So that helps me because that's how I see it. I do see it that way. I, I, that's why I like audiobooks a lot because I listen and, you know, I love it. And I think people don't like audiobooks for whatever the reasons are, but I think a writer, it's really good when you listen to an audiobook because the dialogue that you hear, because you're hearing it all as dialogue. So that helps writers, I think, you know, uh, when mm-hmm. you hear something. It's me, you know. Now, but Trish, a lot of people, Trish, you yeah, say that, yeah. that you're a... Uh, an aficionado nada of Poe, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh-huh. Um, and uh, you, did you live in Baltimore? Yes. Yeah, I grew up in Baltimore. And then uh, I'd say about 20 years ago, I moved up here to Massachusetts. But, yeah, I grew up in Baltimore, and I've been to the Poe Museum. I uh, briefly knew the I guess the curator of the museum. I mean, I met him and everything. And then uh, I went to the I went to Poe's grave. You know, both of them, the small grave inside, and then the bigger one that's uh, right on Fayette and Green Street. Yeah, the the, mon- the monument where he and his wife and his uh, aunt are buried. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and really you're you're willing to talk, obviously, the two of you, about movies based on books. Um, mm-hmm. What did you think, or have you seen The Raven with John Cusack and The Pale Blue Eye? I saw The have Raven. I don't remember much of it. I recently saw The Pale Blue Eye. It's also a book by Louis yeah. Bayard. And uh, I, 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 I like it. Did you like them? I, I thought that I thought it was interesting. It wasn't quite the way I had envisioned Poe. But, um, I mean, I thought Harry, Harry Melling played him, and I have no tear about it. And uh, I, thought he, I thought he did a good job. And now I want to track down the book and, and, and read that one. I'm in the middle of another well, book Well, I, right I now. found both of them severely lacking in fact oh, okay. and, and your ability to learn something <laughs> yeah. about Poe. What I – you know, my, my mother <clears throat> was a voracious reader. She estimated mm-hmm. in her lifetime she read 5,000 books. And she'd come up with this arcane statement about something or a fact. And I'd say, how'd you know that? She'd say, from a novel. You know, good novelists (laughs) will put a lot of real information in there. I was offended by both of them. For example, Mm -hmm. The Raven with Cusack starts out with this huge police force, Baltimore police force, when a simple research by me found out that they had six <laughs> people to cover Baltimore 24 hours uh, you know, a day, seven days a week. Six people. Uh, uh, it really offended me to have this horde of people uh, incorrectly dressed, too. Uh, oh, yeah. There. So well, I spent a lot when, of time when something like that doing... Happens, that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing when you find things that need to be corrected. That's the thing. Right. That's bad. I I spend a lot of time doing research because I feel uh, that I want to give the reader 
some real knowledge, but also it makes it much easier for the reader to suspend a disbelief on whatever you're adding, you know, the plot right. or that's, that's or good whatever. thought. Yeah, that's a good thought. Right. No, that makes sense. So it does. That's a good that's thought. That's what I did with my novel Nevermore. Uh the mm-hmm. big question is what killed Poe? And Yeah, there's so many you know, I, I approached it as a uh, as a detective myself. Did you know that Poe solved a murder in New York City um without ever having gone to the location or seen anything just by what he read in newspapers. Really? Wow. I, I Unbelievable. Heard about that. I don't know much about it, but I had I had read about it. Yeah, he read he uh it was a murder of a woman and she was left in the water of one of the uh, like the Arthur Kill or whatever across from the Hudson. And by the tides he knew from the tides and and um where her body was found, uh, where she must have been dropped off or, or whatever. And and uh, he pieced together all of everything and uh, wow. submitted his his suggestions and darned if it wasn't the way mm-hmm. that the poor woman was murdered. That's amazing. Wow. Well, I tried to well, do the same thing. Look at the facts. Looked at the facts, yeah. Sometimes right. you miss something, you know. And I, you know, when you ever, if you look at older movies, like even in Boston Strangler, you know, they're doing that. I, I didn't see the new one, but there's like, I, I don't know, four already. I don't know, something like that. But right. I think, you know, and those are the things, you know, that years ago, but if you would think about years ago, I was, I think I was talking about this on the, one of my shows last week, because when you don't have a phone or you don't have the internet or you don't have these things, it's harder to to find like a criminal like you know it, that's what could take time and that what that is what made the stories interesting because now you just put something on your phone or you the police just you know it, it automatically pulls up things so but in the in years before it took time to actually find the you know the person that did the murder and mm-hmm. now it's a lot different. I mean, some you naturally don't find every murder, but when you think about how much time it takes to do things in the older movies, and now right. you don't need that. And you have to. Yeah, you know, everybody's got a say, phone. Oh, <laughs> yeah. They're they're using they're using the phone GPS <laughs> stuff uh, <laughs> to uh, to track where these people were. Uh, Yep, uh, during yep. the time of the murder, it's really amazing. Yep. Hard yeah, to be yeah, a, yeah. hard to get away with murder now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, but some do, I'm sure. Too many technical right. ways and, and, that you can screw up. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and people do watch the trials now. I mean, they just do, you know, and it's it's real time, you know, and that's what they're watching, you know. Now they're seeing a trial in real time, but they're seeing all the things go minute to minute were before you could never do that because you wouldn't know it would take you for sometimes it took forever or not at all would they find anybody and people did get away with things more then yeah the cold you know, the, a, the cold cases are being solved now yeah oh yeah 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 because yeah. now we have just dna and you know what, what yeah. they didn't have when the cases were uh were, were still being seen and they're digging up graves which is on you know which is 
very that's a, that's not an easy project to do and it's kind of you know but they are doing it now you know to get more information so i think people right. if they do get away with murder they might not because 10 years later it it might not be I don't know if they can mm-hmm. go through it after 10 years, but that's the thing. But they are figuring out things they never used to do. But it is, you know, but when you are, like you were talking, but if you write something that is inaccurate, the worst thing that any, I think, any writer would want to say, like, did this person even know what they were writing when they wrote mm-hmm. this wrong piece of information? <clears throat> I mean, I think that's a, you know, I mean, I've had that experience in my Holocaust story uh, I went to the person's house every day. We discussed it, and I wrote the entire story of what she said at the Holocaust Museums, what she felt. And then I got reviews that go, "You don't know what you're talking about. You should have had more. You should have had more info." And it's uh. it's hard to believe that. And I had the info because it was direct. Every Holocaust survivor has their own story, and that was her story. Not most survivors have different stories or see it a different way, but that was one of the reviews. Whereas I didn't know what I was talking about, so I'm thinking, well, you know, what can I say? I had the person there that was in the concentration camp, so how much closer can you get to the story? But that's how people. Yeah, are. you can aff- and, offend people yeah. and drive them from your story. For example, uh, one of my uh, uh, what would you call them? Uh, students, disciples uh, that I helped uh, develop into a writer. She had a woman pumping her own gas into her car, I think it was in Oregon, and it was a state where you weren't allowed to pump your own gas. Mm -hmm. And she got several people writing to her and saying, you don't know what you're talking about. She hadn't done enough research. Yeah, and there's always that one person mm-hmm. or that would say say something. So you do have to be careful, and you're right. I mean, it does matter, you know. And research, a lot of writers, it love research because of that. You find out things that you never would have known before. I mean, even myself, mm-hmm. when I interviewed her, I didn't know a lot of this at all. Nothing, nothing like she was telling mm-hmm. me. But I was, you know, and so any when you interview people or even – when I had first started out, I used to go to the courtrooms and listen to people because when I wrote screenplays, I wasn't really that familiar with being, you know, with the police. I would sit there and, you know, listen. And um, people would come up to me. They go, why are you here? Because they don't want to see anybody seeing their writing. But I say, I'm just here. You know, I'm kind of interested in what's going on. And I'm just, I don't know what I'm looking for. I'm just listening. And they said, oh, okay, you know, they go, why do you find this interesting? I go, I do. And they go, oh, it's so boring. (laughs) They were sitting there talking to me because they go, this is what we do every day. Why are you so interested? But I found it interesting just to look around the courthouse. And I also, I did say this the other day to somebody I was talking to, that I, from my opinion, it's not a bad idea if they took every college kid or high school kid to stand in to be in a courtroom, to know that they never want to be behind, you know, staring at a judge, having the judge talk to them. And you're, because mm-hmm. that's a vulnerable moment if you're standing there. Because that, that's, I think it's scary, because I wouldn't want to be standing before a judge. And so I think kids don't understand what that really might entail. It's not a good feeling. Because mm-hmm. I would watch these people. 
you know, and they are in a suit and, you know, they look okay. So then some of the, the attorneys would say, I'm not, that's not how they really look. We dress them up. He goes, but when you go in the back, you see what they're looking like. But I think it's a good thing for kids not to, to not want to be in jail, you know, oh, or yeah. do anything bad. Because people, you know, kids listen to all, they watch everything. Like you're saying, like women don't watch a, a lot of, you know, war things. You know, mm-hmm. they don't watch war movies, they don't read things. But I think, like me, like I, like, let's say, one of my favorite shows <clears throat> is Navy Seals. And it is horror that happens to them, you know, and the bad things that do happen. But I think in writing, to me, it's good if people are writing some bad things so you, because everything isn't perfect in life. And you have a lot of trials and tribulations, you know, in your well, life. Well, what we're doing friends. often... Yeah. Uh, is uh, is we're we're doing the same thing as when you go to an amusement park and you ride the roller coaster. It's vicarious thrills uh, that are scary, but you f- yeah. you feel that you're safe. Yeah, yeah. because you have control. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And right. yeah, the machine was designed to be okay, but it's it's yeah. also designed to make you feel fear. And uh, yeah. that's what a good book will do. It, a, a, a book will make you feel alive, and yeah. a good book will make you think and reflect. Yes. Yes. Yeah, long after you put it down, too. Right. Yes, yeah, that's a good hmm. thing. That's a really good thing to remember something that happened <clears throat> in a book. Because, you know, a lot of things aren't true. I mean, that, you know, like when you're reading fiction, Somebody thought of it or somebody knew somebody that maybe that that happened to. So it is reality in a lot of ways. You know, I think people, because there's so much happening now in this world and any and everything you watch on TV. So it is incorporated, you know, into writing because it, it's in our heads. You know, who knows what I don't Some days you don't know nice. what's in your head. It just comes out. <laughs> it just comes out. You go, Where's in Amazon, Amazon's... Uh, um, Seg, uh, or uh, pages that deal with escaping Berlin. They have the various reviews, and I'm happy to report that I've gotten five stars out of every single professional reviewer and great. Um, f- 15 out of 16 mm-hmm. uh, at Amazon. And the other one was a four-star and was anonymous, but... Mm-hmm. Um, across the board, they say that the amount of detail is astonishing in this. Why? Because uh, I have hours of interviews on tape from a man who was a draftee who was wounded on the Eastern Front, who went mm-hmm. back to Berlin, got healed, and was desperate to escape Berlin. That's All of that stuff is real. I didn't make didn't it up. It. And right. and one of the women in it uh, was my favorite of all teachers. She was a teenager in trapped in Berlin, serving as a para nurse in the last days of the war. And so, for example, she came across me putting the window pane up, and she said, "We don't have, we didn't have window panes that went up, casement windows." Our windows mm-hmm. always opened outward. Wow. Well, it's a darn good thing mm-hmm. I had her. 
because she yeah. caught a whole yeah. bunch of stuff. On the See, other that's hand, the, that's the thing. Yeah. On the other hand, your Holocaust person <clears throat> might have told you the wrong thing because um, this Dr. Radich, um, reviewing the the manuscript, said. Well, you got the year wrong for the Attentat, which was that big time when they tried to blow Hitler up at the conference. She said, you got the wrong date. I said, I don't think so. So yeah. she went and researched it, and she said, no, you're absolutely right. It's it's yeah. kind of embarrassing. I lived through it, and you, you're yeah. more accurate in your memories <laughs> than me. <laughs> Well, because well, it kind of reminds, yeah, I mean, yeah, kind of reminds me of um, the TV show The Last of Us. As they had some scenes in there where it said 10 miles outside Boston, and it was all trees and mountains. And anybody that and people online that live near Boston were saying that's not what it looks like 10 miles outside Boston. It's still a big city. You've got to go into western Massachusetts, close to New York, to get the mountains and the, uh, you know, and, and the trees and everything. And it kind of just, you know blew away the fourth wall for the people that were watching the show. So you, know, you got to be really careful with uh, with the accuracy and the facts because uh, no, that's pe- people will notice. But you're right about yeah, people. Yeah, I mean, House, the the TV show House uh, was supposedly was yeah. um, close to Trenton, New Jersey. And whenever mm-hmm. they showed Trenton, it was obviously Hollywood people who had no idea. And in the... Uh, <laughs> In The mm-hmm. Godfather, <clears throat> not The Godfather, The um, Sopranos, this, this was really terrible. They were going to go bury a body out in the Pine Barrens, mm-hmm. and it looked nothing like the Pine Barrens. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> so wow. offensive to those of us who yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but that's right. That's what that is what happens sometimes, right? And you know, because there's a lot of a lot of times I see now they go, oh, this is about Chicago, and I live in Chicago. I go, okay, so that's all you see is well, which is what they do. They take a shot of Chicago, put it at the beginning, and then you think you're in Chicago wherever you are, but you're not really. <laughs> you were there at the beginning because that's the shot that they took, you know, of Chicago. Right. You know, but now they use Chicago a lot. You know they. A lot and a lot of things, you know, and you know it's 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 interesting all these little tidbits that you don't think about, you know. And I know it like in in Sarah's book, which was the to life. Uh, I think I would have liked to put other things in it, but she was only twelve, so she only saw it from a twelve-year-old's eyes. She did not see it from like her sister was nineteen and twenty, so she saw it for more of an adult life. But at 12, no, she didn't. So it is not exactly what I would have, because I asked her, I said, maybe I should do some things about what, you know, or some chapters about what was happening. She goes, no, I only want you to say what I want. So that is what I did. And she was happy uh-huh. with the book, but mm-hmm. I did what she wanted. She's gone now, but that's all she wanted to talk about. And so then if you get a bad review on that, which somebody had said, you know, after that, they also said another thing about that. They didn't like things she did. And I go, well, I can't help that. That's what she did. You know, she, right. she got older and she had children. She didn't, they didn't mm-hmm. like how she was raising the child. I'm going like the, the child wasn't invited to her wedding, you know, that when she married the second time. And I'm thinking like, well, I can't help that. 
this is her story. So I mean, so those you'll are always things. get so, you'll always yeah. get those critics. I'm right. um, a model <laughs> railroader as well, <laughs> and okay. inevitably somebody will um, write in to Model Railroad magazine and say, "Well, this person modeled such and such a train, and I counted the rivets. It was missing one rivet." It was supposed to be 145, but there are 146. So we call mm-hmm. those people rivet counters. You know, so piddling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is funny how life is. I mean, all these things. You know, I mean, that's one of the things. So, so you know, which is one of the reasons I love doing shows because we're telling people all the things <clears throat> that we're feeling, but they are feeling them too. So it's always nice to hear somebody else is thinking about the same thing. And writers, that's why horror writers, romance writers, thriller, you know, fiction, nonfiction, it's still a process that we all follow. doesn't matter what it is. Absolutely. Well, my daughter story. loves to say, my daughter loves to say, I am absolutely unique, just like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> and and my saying right. my saying is if you think you're so darn unique, how come they sell two hundred million Coca Colas every day? Because right. our taste buds pretty much agree. Just, yeah, right. See, that's true. I mean, a lot that is true. You're right about that because you know we are different, but we are the same in a lot of ways. You know, and so I think that's one of the good parts of life is by meeting people. Like for me. My uh, meeting all people from and you know, Trish, you do this too on these shows. We've met people that we never would have met. Oh yeah, ever. So I think that's a good thing, you know. And I think the one thing about COVID is what I've heard from people is they're not going to book signs, but they are having Zoom. I don't love Zoom because I, you know, I just that's me. But that is how people are doing things on Zoom, and they are well, I'm doing, I'm you know having Zoom book, book signing tomorrow afternoon. Who's yeah, they're, they're fun to do. Yeah, I'm doing yeah. a book. Yeah, um, it can be it can be frustrating to be, do a uh, a book club Zoom meeting, and there's 16 members of the book club, and by that time the heads get so small you can't even figure out what's going yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <they're... laughs> <laughs> I know. And everybody, and, you know. Uh, but themselves put on mute, so you when you're reading to them, you're not getting any kind of feedback. So you don't know how yeah. they're reacting to it. That's 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 another Which, problem with the Zoom. The Zoom yeah, reading. Yeah. Yeah. You don't. Yeah, feel, I like, was when, when I taught at the university. Uh, I taught at Rutgers University and and got involved in their online learning. And we had a, a software that when it was like a Zoom meeting, a classroom meeting, the students could. Uh, put in icons like a question mark saying, I don't understand what you're saying, or a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Uh, we could take yeah. polls and things like that. Yeah. That's more sophisticated, but it would be helpful. Yeah, well, it depends on, right, it, and, and it does depend on some of these webinars or whatever they're doing sometimes, which some mm-hmm. you don't, you know, they don't ask for questions, but sometimes they do, and sometimes you can have it checked, and sometimes they don't. You know, and there's a lot of people that, you know, sometimes I'm listening to some of these and I'm thinking, I don't even know how they're 
you know, they're supposed to be an expert and they're not really saying anything. And then by the end of it, they're selling something. So I listen mm. to the beginning, and then when they get to sell something, I don't want what they're selling because I'm not even sure what they were saying was right. So I want to be buying <laughs> for $400 something that I really think is right. And they charge a lot of money, too, for these things. And then they go, oh, $100 off. Whenever I see $100 off, I know it's expensive already because if they're willing to yeah. pay $100, it's got to be at least four or 500 you know, that there's... Now, you, you ladies, mm-hmm. while we were waiting to get on the air, uh-huh. you said, is there anything you want to mention? I, I remembered yeah. something. Okay, go ahead. Oh, all you <laughs> listeners out there who think you're complimenting <laughs> me by saying, I loved your book. I lent it to 20 people so far. <laughs> if you want me to keep writing... People have to buy books. Yeah. So buy them the book. Don't lend them the book. Mm-hmm. And don't shit. Okay, you know, you know every, everything else. Oh, it was such good toilet paper. After I got done using it, I let somebody else use it. No. You know, and, you know, I'll tell you something. It, the thing is, okay, I've had people come on the show and talk about this. Okay, now, if you're giving a book for $0.99, cents, $2.99, and people would still like it free, then but they go buy a cup of coffee at Starbucks or wherever, and they spend $6 for coffee, and they won't even That's want right. to That's right. Or a greeting cents. card. That's the thing that drives me nuts. A greeting mm-hmm. card. One piece of paper with drivel on the inside, four ninety nine. dollars and I, it took me years to write a book, right? See, that's the thing, right? <laughs> that is, and so that's true, and that's the thing. You know, they, everybody wants everything free, but they have to think that the writer, I mean, you're right, if they're sharing it to everybody and their brother, you know, or sister, I mean, it's crazy because buy the book, you know, and that's the thing. That's also the thing with the e-books is because they, you know, if you're selling it on Amazon, let's say for 99 cents or 2.99, what are you going to get? Like 25 cents or 50 cents, and they don't even want to spend it. So that's kind of sad because all the work that goes into writing even a bad book, it's still work. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work. <laughs> you're right. It doesn't just come out. You don't just sit down and go, oh, okay. And not just I'm the writing. Book. I mean the research and everything that goes yeah. into it. Everything. Yeah. Everything. Well, there's the one exception. I was at a, I was at a library that had authors one day, and I roamed around, and this woman's sitting there, and, and it's obviously a self-published book, and I said, so what's the topic? She said, my operation. No one has ever gone through what I have when I had this operation. And mm-hmm. so you, the wheels are going in my head, right? <laughs> and and she says, and right now I'm working on another book. I said, really? What is it? My second operation. <laughs> oh my! Oh dear! <laughs> not not too Coming narcissistic, soon. are we? No, not really. Right, coming soon. <laughs> and then, That's right, to a theater near you. 
my yeah. operation. You know, I, I, I have mm-hmm. some really great clients, but, you know, I I have to say, sometimes I would say, because I, I got to know them a lot. We talked, you know, even though, you know, I believe in talking to people on the phone a lot of times. So we talked, and then I would always know they put themselves in the book. You know, they would have like a pilot that's, you know, gorgeous and smart and everything's wonderful. Oh, I'm and I'd say, too. is that you? Is that mm-hmm. you? I'm they go, too. well, yeah. <laughs> is that you? Yeah. I think it is me. I go, okay. You know, but people do that, you know, and you, you know, but when you get to know people, you go like, is that you in there? <laughs> yes, it's me. But I mean, you know, we well, all. I, I used to read a lot of fan fiction, and there are a lot of Mary Sue's in that. Yeah. And, you know, some of the more modern novels, you can, some of the, even TV and movies, there are Mary Sue's and Gary Sue's. That's the male version. So when you put yourself oh. into a book, and it's perfect. And... Yeah. Right. Well, Robert right. Burns, the poet, said, I want some power the gift he gives to see ourselves as others see us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that might not be Really, <laughs> really. Right. Yeah. right. Well, that's the thing about Zoom and about, you know, doing that. Because, I, you know, I think for me... I, it would be, I don't want to be looking at myself or seeing myself. I, I you know, I, I'm, it's much easier this way. I'm not looking at myself. I don't, you know, and I'm just who I am. But as I'm talking right now, I'm talking with my hands, actually. I'm thinking every time I do this, when I'm on the phone, <laughs> the show, and I'm talking with my hands, I'm going like, okay, nobody's seeing this, you know. But I think that's what happens sometimes if you're on a Zoom you know, you're you're concentrating. Even with the news people, people go like, "Oh, she's a great reporter," but they go like, "You know what? I don't like her hair. She changed her hair, or she has different makeup. <laughs> They're not listening to the story. <clears throat> They're looking at the person. You know, and this way on the phone, nobody can see anybody. You're just listening to people. You know, rather That's than that's right. As long mm-hmm. as this is a radio show, your listeners should know that I look exactly like Cary Grant. Okay, good. <laughs> In which movie was this? Which movie? Oh, he did say he had a face for radio. <laughs> you know that. You know that Cary Grant was was missing um, one of his central upper teeth. He got it knocked nope. out as a kid, and mm-hmm. they all grew in tightly. And yeah. if if you're <laughs> you freeze the frame. You can you can see that Cary Grant is not perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, see, you're very like de- I think you're very detailed because I didn't think about that. I have not thought about that, how close to get in on them. But, you know, really, they all had issues in those days. You know, and, and it's so interesting. I mean, I have a lot of people that do. And the last summer and the other summers before, I do have, like, shows talking about movies and TV because I think – People love to talk about movies and TV. I mean, mm-hmm. I do. maybe they don't love it, but I do. Sure. I mean, I love a, there's a movie yeah, called we, Joe, and uh, in the scene, one of the scenes, he comes home from work, and he says to his wife, so uh, how are things with the family? And she's saying, like, oh, you know, Mary, Mary uh, Beth, um, uh, her... Uh, her stitches uh, came loose, and and then uh, Donna says that uh, she, her husband left, and and going on and on and on. It turns out it's her soap opera. 
They live through the soap opera. <laughs> it's, they, they treat it like it's their own family. I know. I hope you, I hope you come on again. I, you know that we have to talk about soap operas. I, I do love soap operas. Uh, I used to watch them years ago. Oh, my mom but I tell you, I, I can tell you now <laughs> that I'm far away from it. I can tell you some hair racing stories. Okay, it ain't we, I, good. I, 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 <laughs> you know, and I I watch Bold and Beautiful, and because my mother used to watch it, so then when she was sick, I started watching it again, and so now we can tape things, so I just tape it, and you know, because it's like there, it's I love the show, but they're all there's like ten people, and they keep going with each other. One marries this one, and they marry the other one. <laughs> marry this one, the daughter marries that one, but people kind of like it because you don't have to think. It's a way to escape. You just sit there, and nothing matters. You're just watching mm-hmm. those people act the way they it, are. So it, I think you know what it is? <clears throat> it's visual popcorn. It's, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's junk food for your yeah. brain when you don't want to work hard on thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it works, though. You know, And I, I saw somebody on that was on, um, I think they were on General Hospital, and I think I haven't watched it in years, but I saw him on a TV show. I thought, well, maybe I'll just start. So I turned it. I, I taped him. I haven't watched many. I just watched a half of one. And I'm thinking, like, oh, it won't take long to get into this. But I think it's so interesting because it's just such a a, a relaxing time when nothing matters. But but you always, when you're writing, I don't know. For me, I think of other things when I'm writing. When I'm listening to other people talk. Because I'm actually not paying as much attention to that. If something happens in my brain, whatever that might be, gets me to my story. So it works for me. But on that note, so I, this has been a very fun show. I enjoyed it oh, so yeah. much. You, this has been fun. Trish, you want to celebrate the word? I have actually on the show page, I have both of your uh, pages where they can go in and find oh, your okay. information. Because, yeah, it's been a very good show. So much fun. So I hope you'll come back again. Sure, I I'd love, love to. to regale you with with tales of of <laughs> ABC daytime. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that is fun. You know, and, and they have Facebook pages now. All of this, you know, and they do, and they and you're right about what they do though. They get very mad though if you put somebody together with somebody. And they go like, oh, no, we don't want them to be together. You know, get rid of them. You know, it's kind of sad. They go, we don't like this. If somebody new comes on the show, they go, nah, let's get the old one. You know, they just be Oh, like, yeah. I would tell you and... about audience, <laughs> the, the, the power of the audience. It's much yep. more powerful than the nighttime mm-hmm. audience. Yes, I think you're right about that. And, Elizabeth, anything, last words? Oh, no, not really. Just um, okay. <laughs> read Nevermore and An American Haunting. They're both excellent. <laughs> and we have a show. And Escaping Berlin. Show. Ladies, no, I'm going to buy them. Don't I think of it as a war book. It is a I'm damn good <laughs> read. I love when I love when an author comes on and says it's a good read. See, that's the thing. It's really a wonderful thing to hear somebody say, "Read my book because it's a good book." I'm, yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. I need to do that. I need to work on that. That's a quality. That's a me, tough one to do. It took me 50 years to to finally finish this book. 50 really? years. Mm-hmm. All right. yep. So there's hope. There's hope that, that people sitting with work in their drawers finish their work. 50 years. Wow. All right. Well, so I'm, I'm going to buy it because I... 
been such a great show today. Thank you. And I will definitely have you back on again. And Elizabeth, we're, we're having a show with Josh and John Skip, oh, yes, right? Josh, uh, Josh Mallerman and John Skip. Yes, and that will I'm be... Mainly their music, but also their books and anything else that they're going to be working on. As you know, well, was, we don't have a plan. We have no plan here. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> this was a lot oh, of fun. Go ahead and have a good time. <laughs> so much better yeah, than my that. first radio interview where <laughs> the woman obviously hadn't read the book. She said, so yeah. what's this book about? I said, it's yeah. about 400 pages. <laughs> He gave it right back to her. (laughs) All right. On that note, thank you all for listening, and it's been a great show. And uh, next week we got another show. Oh, 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 I should Mm -hmm. say this. This is my show, EYS Magazine. It's my book about success. It's from the magazine in Australia. So we'll be on at 9 o'clock at night because we finally got everybody to the park because it's actually in Australia. It's the next day. So Jasmine Sidorowski will be on, and we will be having some guests on. And, yes, it's uh, she's got four versions of different people talking about how they, you know, achieve success. Well, I'm in it. God knows why, because I haven't achieved what probably I should have yet. But, anyway, I'm, I'm in the book. So, and I almost forgot. I'm such a bad person for marketing my own. So that reminded me when you said that, that I should say my own. Okay, so it's next uh, Tuesday at 9 o'clock in the evening Eastern. And that's the end. Thank you all for listening and Very take good. care. Have a yeah, good thank day. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 